Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast presented by Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. We are part of the 440 Sports Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Our guest today, Seabass of WNWS of Jackson, Tennessee. We'll talk Vandy football and recruiting. So let's get right to our conversation with Seabass. Seabass joins us from WNWS in Jackson, Tennessee. This guy has been busier than he can stand to be of late. Thanks for joining us. Man, you, you know what? Uh, it's only because it's you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you, you, you've got your credit built up in this account. So, uh, man, when Chris comes calling, if I can find a, squ- a way to squeeze any type of time in, it's going to be for this dude here. So, well, let me glad put it. To, glad to be with you guys and talking a little Commodores athletics. Let me put it to you this way in terms of how much you are valued on the podcast by our audience. I had a question thread for you from two weeks ago that we couldn't get to because you couldn't do the pod last week. And so rather than starting another question thread, I just, I didn't ask anymore. I held it from two weeks ago and we've got oh, about 10 questions here. Um, so we need to budget doing it. So that works perfectly. We need to budget time for that. Um, but also this is usually where we start the podcast with the floor of whatever you want to talk about. We've got hoops, we've got football recruiting. So before the mailbag dictates, dictates the podcast, um, let's, so your thoughts on whatever. Yeah, first of all, let's let's go to the hardwood. And I'm very frustrated, not not because of the third loss, but because here I have not been able to see a game yet. You know, and that is killing me because I really this to me is such an important year. It's not a make or break, but it's close. You know, it's it's one of those where you know I I think depending upon how this goes. You know, if we can build a little momentum, especially with the class they have coming in, I feel like you could build on that. But if it's just another one of those bottom feeder 13th, 14th type of deals where, you know, they hustle and win two or three SEC games and don't beat anybody they're really supposed to, you know, or or don't beat anybody that they're not supposed to, um, that's going to be hard for me. But I haven't had a chance to to watch this. Of course, this is not the full straight version of the Commodores. You know, we'll see about Robbins. We've got to get Chapman back. And I want to see what that team looks like with the full complement. Uh, the one thing we know so far is that this, this offense seems to have uh, abandoned this program at this point. And you just, you know, that, that's, that's pretty frustrating. This team needs more scoring options at the moment. Um, but I'm really looking forward to get an opportunity to watching this team and, and forming my own opinion. I've, I've read all about you guys, what you've seen, and what you thought. I'm ready to see this team for myself. It seems like since Omaha, offense has just been lost across all programs. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were about like all college basketball teams. You're talking about all of all the Vanderbilt sports programs. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not been a great cycle. The good news is these things don't last forever, and there and there's reasons for optimism. Clearly, in baseball, because duh. But there's there's reasons for optimism. The woman the, the women's program seems to be better under first year coach Shay Ralph. Uh, you know. Uh, it did not work out season record wise two and ten with Clark Lee, but and one thing I definitely want to talk about is 
is some of the recruiting momentum that this staff is really seems to have going into the lat, you know, to the the final stretch here for early signing. I mean, it's it, what I really enjoyed on the board is is coming on and seeing a lot of the positive vibes you know, uh, about some of these cats, you know, maybe some of the transfers, some of the guys who have flipped to other places, the potential uh, transfer portal cats that could show up there in Nashville and just, you know, snagging a cat like AJ Swan. Uh, I don't know if you had an opportunity to, uh, to watch any of this film, Chris. I had a buddy of mine who's really good at breaking down film. And, uh, of course, the thing that kind of stuck out with him was that, you know, he, He's not the most conventional quarterback I've ever seen in terms of mechanics. You look at it and you see some throws and, and, and some form that is like, hmm. But one thing that cannot be denied is, I got to tell you, Chris, I've been watching high school football a long time. That's one of the strongest arms I've seen in a long time. I mean, it may not be mechanically pleasing in some areas, but I'm going to tell you what, watching that dude, and I know it's high school football, I get that, uh, but he plays in a great state. And – Watching this guy complete the ball down the field with some of these throws and the velocity and distance and, and the velocity at which it gets to this receiver, uh, even if it's off his back foot or, you know, or, or, you know, out of position and he's not set, he's still, I mean, he flashes a, a level of arm strength. I'm not calling him Josh Allen, so everybody calm down, but he flashes a level of high school arm strength that you generally don't see. Yeah, I think the recruiting momentum is put – Pep back in a lot of folks' step around our board and, and I agree. frankly around the fan base. You know, I agree. And, of course, you know, I, I, somebody posted the other day, they said they think that some of these recruits have had a, a little bit more exposure to just some of the plans and uh, what the what the future is uh, athletically with the money that's been spent with Vanderbilt United and maybe they're uh, getting uh, – they got a little more insight to it than maybe just what we've seen via the video and the renderings. But, uh, you know, they've got some buzz. They got some buzz about them, and there was nothing on the field that, uh, that 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 created that. It wasn't what they did in the games, but I, I got to tell you, you and I both know uh, you have to have the groceries, right? You have to. I mean, look, there's a reason that the teams that generally now no Cincinnati does not fall in the top five in recruiting every year, and I well admit that but that's more of an anomaly than anything that's the exception but generally uh the teams that find their way to the top of the heap are generally the ones that find their way to the top of the recruiting heap that is not by accident uh and so if we're going to and remember uh we're also about to add texas and oklahoma in the very near future so what's a difficult task is going to be even more so uh but I like the response that Coach Lee is getting, uh, even after a 2-10 and 10 season. And the other thing that I like is, I, you know, I've said this before, and, I, and there was a time when I didn't really care about that, but I was wrong. And I think that it is extremely important to cultivate your own, your own backyard and just to see them snag a couple of the better players in the 6-1-5 and, and, and be listed with some others, you know, it really does, it goes a long way, in my mind, that goes a long way in being able to, uh, you know, field a team that can be competitive going forward. They do that. So uh, there's a lot of positive signs right now going on in, 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 in football recruiting for Clark Lee and his staff. 
Okay, we've got more good questions in the mailbag than you're going to have time to answer, so I'm just going to go ahead and go there if that's cool. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, our mailbag presented by Sutherland and Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call at number 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. Okay, Vandy Guy 20 asks, after one year, do you think Clark Lee is still the guy to turn this around? And which players would it hurt most to lose to the portal that are still on the team? This season of the Vandy Sports Podcast is made possible by my friend Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. And just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville, but he sees regular folks like you and I as well. And what people like about the experience is the ambiance. Someone described it to me as a tooth spa. I went in and looked at it myself. That's exactly what it is. It is a relaxing, friendly environment. So whether your dental needs are general or cosmetic, go see Jody. Call him at 615-270-2322. His office is located at 55 Music Square East, not far from downtown Nashville, not far from the Vanderbilt campus. Jody is a former Vanderbilt football player, a huge booster of Commodore Athletics. His support as the title sponsor for Season 7 is the reason we are able to do this podcast. Go see Dr. Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of the Vandy Sports Podcast and tell him you heard about it here. Well, first of all, I, I think that's, I mean, look, it, it, that's a tough question. It's a tough question, and I don't think anybody can accurately say, especially after a two and ten season, and a couple of them were some, some donkeys. We, we competed in a few, but we didn't win any games that we were supposed to lose. So, I mean, is he? I don't know. I mean, as far as the head coach goes, I'm, I mean, I, I think there's clearly a plan, and I think some people are starting to buy in, uh, but none of that has sh- has surfaced yet, So, other than a couple of nice commits. So if he is he the guy to turn it around? You know, I, I think the only – look, I, I you know, we're at the point right now where, you know, mentioning James Franklin's name is just kind of something you do, but James turned it around very quickly because I remember you – and I talking about after the Caldwell uh, deal that, man, this team's, you know, they're lost and they may never be found. Well, you know, they went three straight bowls, you know. So that set a bar that we didn't really have before. Um, and I have to factor that. I have to consider that. Um, it did not go the way we wanted. But, I mean, this this roster, the truth of the matter is, it just wasn't in great shape. Derek Mason did not leave this roster in, in a lot of great shape because Bobby Johnson, you know, I, I thought he did it, especially some of those classes right there at the end, you know, that had players like Casey Hayward and whatnot. Uh, there was there was talent that just needed to be a little bit more cultivated, and I, I, I don't the cupboard wasn't bare, but it was not an SEC roster. You know, and there's been some transfers out, and and we'll miss a couple of those guys, but I don't think it's anybody that Vanderbilt can't live without by any stretch of the imagination. So, is he the guy? I want to believe that. I, you know, I mean, after one year, this is not the the result I was looking for, but I don't know. 
I don't know how how far anybody was going to go with the current roster. Is that is that wrong? Don't am am I close to being right about that in your mind? Okay, let me give you three pieces of context that touch on things you've hit here. Okay. Number one, I know that he knew it was bad coming in. He did not know how bad it was. I think that ended up being when he took full inventory of it, it's like, whoa, right? Um, And frankly, again, I came off a year in 2020 where, and if if you want to wonder, this is a little bit of a tangent, but it's related, okay? If you want to wonder why the last two years the tone of the podcast has changed. It's because people over there got so fed up with things that the dam just burst. The people started talking to me that hadn't before things came out that hadn't before. Like I had some massive stories dropped in my lap last year that I wouldn't have even known how to pursue. Um, and, and I probably couldn't have without, <laughs> without a couple of attorneys and a couple more writers. Um, and I mean, my phone was ringing every week with stuff that made my head spin. So he was walking into that on top of the talent deficiency. Um, and, and let me give you another kind of piece of context on the roster. I was thinking about this the other day. Like every Vanderbilt team that we have probably followed in our lifetimes, we followed a lot of bad ones, Right. But most of those teams had had somebody like a, a Chris Gaines or a Demon Winston or a, um, you know, somebody like that. That team has always had like a. Okay, if you watch, if you don't turn in for any other reason, turn in to watch this guy. They've always had like that one or two guys that like man, in spite of the mess around them, this guy's special. They the talent has gotten so bad. They didn't even have that guy last year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, because, yeah, you can we, – we, I think we could all, especially the longtime Vanderbilt players, our fans, excuse me, could name some of those people that you're talking about that, if nothing else, you're going to check that out. And there wasn't one. I, I, I You know, we, we tried to uh, – we did on a podcast earlier in the season, we were trying to think of, is there a guy that would be compl- – that would really be lauded by others that would be a, a game – potential game changer for a, a, another team in the, in the conference? And I couldn't really come up with anybody. You know, I, I just couldn't. Now, I, I will say this. Uh, I really would have liked to have seen. And now, don't get me wrong. I, I thought some of the other backs that played this year developed a little bit. But I really would have liked to have seen what could have happened if Ramon Davis had played this year. I don't think it makes us a six-win team or anything like that. Uh, but I think, it's, I think it looks like a team with a much more uh, experienced and productive running game. Yeah, I mean, maybe it wins you the South Carolina game because it wouldn't have taken much there. And people feel a little better. I think people would have felt a lot better about the season, uh, you know, if they get a win there or they beat ETSU. No, look, I I think that was a thing where it was going to be a bad team anyway, and it would have just made people feel a little better about something that was awful. And, And look, I don't think, in spite of all the excuses, I don't think they did a good job last year. I just think that... You have rebuilding jobs, and then you have rebuilding jobs at Vanderbilt, and then you have this rebuilding job at Vanderbilt, which it just had layers of stuff that you wouldn't even know to look for. 
Oh, I, yeah, I, I agree. It's look, it's all, it's, it's a different set of circumstances that, that, and, and there's a measuring stick that other college coaches in, in division, not even division one, but, uh, but power five itself generally are not having to deal with because even, uh, even if you want to talk about the Dukes of the world and, and some of the other teams, none of those teams are looking up at the SEC, you know, when the bad teams, I mean, we had what, 13 bowl eligible teams this year. Is that right, Chris? 13. Yes, I, I, I think it was everybody but us. I mean, if the bottom of the barrel outside of us is Missouri, you know, I, I would stick Missouri in the Big 12, and they're a mid-pack team. I'd stick them out in the Pac-12 team, and they're at least better than three or four teams out there, I'd say. Uh, you know, maybe the a little bit, uh, maybe two or three teams in the uh, in the in the Big Ten. You know, maybe a little more than that. Same for the ACC, but in the SEC, I mean, you know. <laughs> Outside of us, they're pretty much it, you know. So we don't, you know, we don't have, I don't say luxury, but, I mean, Clark Lee's job, our job, the, the athletic department's job, not only is it a, a, a total rebuild from the ground up, but it's the most difficult rebuild in the entire country because of what you have faced. Because even, with, even though we've got great things going on in the next couple of years for that, that would be great, and yeah, we could catch up if nobody else in the conference did anything else, and they just sat there and waited on us to catch up with them, right? But now you're bringing in guys like Brian Kelly, you know, into the conference, into a conference that is already uh, loaded with fantastic coaches, and I mean, there's just very little fat left to trim in this conference. There just is, and. It'll it'll be real interesting to see uh, what Clark Lee does going forward because you know I love the improvements that are coming, but at some point we're going to have to have some dudes on campus, and I know you know what I mean. And and you know I'm talking about the type of players that make a difference that SEC teams have to prepare for on both sides of the football, and not just one or two of them. You want to compete, you want to win six, seven, eight games a year in this conference. You got to have some doggies. You got to have some dudes. And, you know, the thing about dudes is everybody wants them, you know. So we got to find a way uh, to continue this momentum. But not only that, they got to keep stacking them on top of each other. You can't have one good year and two bad ones. Uh, that, that's a recipe to stay where you're at. Uh, they have to stack on top, uh, on top of each other. We have to – this is a team that I don't care who we're playing next year, what the schedule looks like. They have to win four or five games at least. Uh, next year, they have to keep that momentum going, uh, or I should say, get that momentum going, and and get the you know keep these good feelings that some of these young prospects are having. Because the one thing that I do like, Chris, one thing uh, uh, that has changed in regards to the kids, you know, I mean, to, uh, you know, you and I and message boards people, we know that Vanderbilt's been bad forever, but that doesn't mean anything to a seventeen-year-old. They're looking at the immediate right now. So if you can improve the immediate and show that you belong, they're they're utterly uninterested in what happened in 1985. You know what I mean? They they don't they they don't they don't care that we lost to SMU, you know, coming off the death penalty. That doesn't mean anything to them. They, their parents may not even have been born or right at it. So it's all about the immediate right now. We may not have cathedrals and all this other stuff, but the, you know. The facilities are definitely headed in the right direction. And if you can start stacking a couple of winning seasons together, these young kids, they're not going to worry about what happened in 1994. I promise you. 
Uh, this is a question. It's not meant as a trick question. SEC Media Days this summer. Was the SEC the best football conference for several years running at SEC Media Days? I don't really understand the question. Okay, this summer, if I said, Seabass, who's the best conference in the country at football, your answer would have been? I'm nobody's SEC honk. It's my conference. I love it, but I don't. I'm not Teflotic to think that to think that there are no other good pro conferences out there and, and and solid programs out there. Would I still say it's the best? Yeah, it is. It's still the best. It is still the best. Yeah. Well, since I, then, I, don't think I was going to say since since then the league has is then added Oklahoma and Texas plus Billy Napier yeah. and Brian Kelly. Yeah. Everybody talks about how you know. Uh, and it just drives me bat crap crazy when I hear SEC fans say, well, you know, in these games like this, you know, in these final stuff like that, like if I hear a Tennessee fan say they're pulling for Alabama because they're representing the conference, I say, are you, how big of a moron do you have to be? You know, are you, are you really that stupid? You know, if you're a Tennessee fan, or, and it's not have to be them, maybe anybody, Florida, Georgia, I don't care what it is. If you were rooting, for the SEC because you think that we have something to prove to everybody else. We could not win another championship for 35 years and we still don't have anything to explain to anybody. We don't have to talk to people about the strength or lack thereof of our schedules uh, and when it comes to the non-conference because the gauntlet that we run through is unmatched, period, point blank. That is not up for debate. If you're debating it, it's probably because you're from somewhere else and you grew up there and you just don't care for the SEC, which is fine. I don't need you to love it. But for God's sake, if you are a team who has. Now, if we want to pull for Alabama, Chris, to win the, to win the national championship against another conference team, okay, why? Because we're not winning the national championship. The truth is that's not the goal for us, not really, unless a lot of things truly change over a long period of time. Our goal is not to go 12-0 and and play in the national championship, and I know you know I'm right about that. So if we want to pull for it, okay. But some of these other programs who, if the right things were to happen, could get back into the true national power ca category, for you to pull for these teams in your conference that you have to recruit against every year, who keep drugging you up and down the dead gum field year after year, if you are dumb enough to pull for that team to win a thing in the name of proving that the SEC is good at football, you deserve what you get. <laughs> I like it. It's true. It's true, Chris. I, I don't get it. It drives me crazy when I hear people say that. Uh, you just made me lose my thought. But anyway, um, let's get well, to the next be okay. question. I'll be okay. All right. You'll they be tune okay. in They tune in for you and not me. So. I doubt that's true. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's see. VU and GA, what do you make of all the VU portal transfers? Is this positive, uh, in parentheses, cleaning house? Or a negative, is in parentheses, players jumping ship? indicating players yeah. are not buying into what Coach Clark Lee is selling. You know, it's, it's, this is actually, you know, you would think, well, this is a pretty easy question to ask, but it's not, is it, Chris? And, and, and the reason that it's not is kind of what VUNGA uh, uh, kind of was talking about. You, you don't know the conversations that they've had with these kids. 
you know, because I, I mean, here's a conversation that I can hear happen. I won't say a name, but okay, blank player. The truth is, as we look at this, you know, you know, I know we recruited you, and, and you know, you're 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 a fine player, but for what we're gonna do, what we're going. I got to be honest with you. I, I, I want to shoot you straight, and you're a football player. And what have you heard me say a million times, Chris? What's the one thing a football player wants to do? Play. Uh, you know, if you if you're if, if I don't want a single player on my roster who's comfortable sitting on the sidelines. I, I, I don't ever want that. Um, and so you don't know if they've had kind of Clark Lee or some of the other coaches said, uh, we can help you out. I got connections. I want to see you playing and playing on the field, but for what we're trying to do and some of the other personnel that's coming in, I, you know, I just don't see how that's feasible for you to hit the field. We don't know those conversations, whether they are or not happening. Maybe it's the, the social life of that person. They're not happy. Their girlfriend broke up with them. They miss home. There's a billion different reasons. Now, do I feel good when I see all these cats rolling out? No, no, not really. But because I don't know the reasoning for it, you know, because generally when they go out the door, they usually talk about how great everything is, right? Want to thank Clark Lee and the staff and the school and loved it. It was great. Love my brothers, but I'm out. You know, I mean, there's just so many variables there at play, and I'm not dodging the question. There's just no way for an outsider to truly be able to accurately answer that. As far as how I feel about it, I don't love it, but, you know, at the same time, I'm looking for dudes again. You know, I need difference makers. And with all apologies to any of them that left, and there were some fine players that left, they didn't fit that category, you know. Now, you start telling me something like, you know, if you'd have told me, uh, if you'd have told me at one time back, back when he was playing, when if DJ Moore was hitting the transfer portal, then I would have been devastated. You know what I mean? A player like that is hitting the, the transfer portal and a guy who I can build around, uh, that, that would be a hard pill to swallow. But, you know, from a, from a, I guess status, I don't know what the right way to put it would be, uh, standpoint. I mean, there's, and I, I know this sounds terrible, but I know you know guys know where I'm coming from. Nobody's left this team that I can't live without so far, as far as from a football standpoint. This is unofficial, so you tell me if I'm off on this. I believe they've had eight players hit the portal, correct? Uh, that sounds about right. I, I, I'm sitting in a Kroger parking lot so, right now. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that sounds about right. And I believe that two of them have picked up Power 5 offers. That's Cam Johnson, who's going to end up, I think, with several of them. He's got to understand from Ole Miss and Auburn. And I think Gabe Judy yeah. Lolly has one from Illinois. But I think Illinois, that's yeah, it. I saw that. I saw that. I know Brendan Harris has some uh, smaller offers. and uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, hey, look – a guy like Cam, I mean, I guess I don't, you know, I don't know what it was. We never really just, I know they wanted to get him the ball, get it in space. He's, he's a talented young man. He's got some speed. I mean, he, he, he's a power five football player. You know, I don't know that he's a difference maker, but you know, I, I hate that we couldn't get him the ball more and, you know, and, and, and that sucks. And so if he goes somewhere and they got somebody that can help him do that and he, he does it as long as I don't have to face him. I don't want him going to Ole Miss. I don't want to face the guy. And he come back and beat the crap out of us. That's really going to piss me off. But, um, you know, I, I, other than that, 
You know, and, and with Gabe, look, Gabe, Gabe is a guy who he got burned a, a good bit, but he also made some really big plays from time to time. So, you know, I mean, good luck to Gabe. I, but like I said, I mean, there hasn't been anybody so far that when I saw it, I was like, man, anybody but this guy. You know what I mean? I, I, I believe that we there's nobody from a performance standpoint that we have that we have lost to the portal so far that we can't replace. Yeah, Cam is the one guy that would bother me. I think Cam was a leader. I've known Cam a little bit since he was in high school. I've always liked him and respected him. Uh, I felt it was absurd he didn't get the ball more, and I don't blame him for leaving. And I'm, I'm sure the staff's got its own side of the story. But other than that, nothing just you know jumped off the page to me as alarming. There would be some players that if they left – uh, I wouldn't like it. I'll give you an example. Uh, here's a, a young player. He's still undersized, but uh, he's got a great motor, and, I, and he played this year. Um, you can call it out of necessity, but I loved the kid in high school, and, and I, 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 I think a guy like Devin Lee. If Devin Lee had hit the transfer portal, I would not have liked that. If Ethan Barr, you know, who and, and I, you know, I don't uh, I get the knock on Ethan by some of our fan base. That kid's a, a, a good football player. He's a productive football player. Uh, you know, people like that. You know, some of those guys. Uh, here's another one. Uh, I, I, I think I read where Justin kind of likes him, too. But I, I really love what I saw out of Castillo. You know, at right guard in the limited time that we got to see him, I, I mean, he's a big physical kid. We need some we need some movers at the point of attack. You know what I mean? We need some guys uh, who can move the line of scrimmage. I think he might be one of those guys. You know, he got in there and, and looked like he belonged a little bit early on. These are people that I don't want to lose, you know, right now. So, I mean, there are some. I don't think we have a star on this team at this point, a uh, potential developed one. Uh, I would hate not to have had uh, Anthony Orgy. I think uh, Orgy made some really, really good plays this year. You know, he showed, he flashed a good level. There's, there's guys I don't want to lose that I wouldn't like it, uh, but nobody that this team could live without. Yeah, I've heard another thing, too, that was interesting. Uh, well, a couple things. I think that, from what I understand, the, the transfer issue – you know, you've known Clark Lee's stance on transfers. He's not really crazy about him. I think that is born out of sizing up the kids on his roster that transferred right, in. Uh, and and I'll I could go a little further here, but I won't. I'll just say I I get his stance. Now I think it's probably changed given <laughs> given the state of things. But I was also told, and I do think you had some kids that didn't buy in. I think most of the kids in the starting lineup, from what I am told, are really bought into what they're doing. I mean, that's just, I mean, that, that's the best news you're going to hear, right, Chris? Um, I mean, because people who believe in what they're doing tend to execute a little bit harder. When you go out there and you practice four days a week and, get ready for game and all this other stuff and it's something you don't believe in and you don't think is good and right or that you fit in there's no way they're going to get the best that you have even if you're trying you just you're just not gonna it's just not the same you know and i know you know that uh so to hear that even after a two and ten season that these cats that we're talking about are bought in that is a very big deal in my mind Okay, we've hit your time limit for what you told me you had time for. So we can either wrap up with another question or two, or we can just end How it now. How many more questions? How many more questions do you have, Chris? 
Oh, I've got eight of them. Eight of them? Yes. <laughs> this is what I was trying to tell you. Ah, man. Okay. Uh, you know, just pick a couple of them and, 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 we'll, and we'll finish them up. Okay. Uh, VU Matt 23, where's this recruiting momentum coming from? You know, I mean, don't discount. First of all, like I said, they, those kids, from what I understand, uh, have have maybe seen a little bit more inside uh, and to how the uh, in, in how the donuts are made. You know what I mean? To how how the I don't remember what the expression is, but how the whatever's made, the sausage. That's it. How the sausage is made, uh, and, and maybe they know some stuff that that we don't. But I mean, you can never discount playing time. I mean. It goes back to what I said. Football players want to play football. So, I mean, I don't think that you can discount the opportunity for immediate playing time. Yeah, I would add a couple things, and this is a little speculative, right? But I know the way that Clark has tried to build his program and the thought and the attention to detail he's put into some things. And again, that didn't all show up last year. I think there were some gaps in that um, that you would think that he would learn to cover in year two. But I just think the attention to detail that goes into that, um, you know, and the guy that he's got leading that recruiting in terms of Barton Simmons, and Barton didn't get where Barton got by being lazy. I mean, those guys worked their fannies off in that profession. So I think. Well, and the other piece of that, too, right? Some people have noted this on our board, which, by the way, if you're out there listening and hadn't subscribed, uh, come on in, 99 bucks a year, hope you will. That We got discussion there every day that, that doesn't make it to the podcast. But some people have noted that his plans B and C seem a lot more capable of playing football at this level than Derek's did. I mean, Derek would throw a scholarship at the kid, you know, two days before signing day that had no other offers anywhere. And we could name kids. We, we could name a lot of them. Uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not out to embarrass anybody. But there does seem to be a big difference when they pivot, they lose a guy. Derek was just throwing stuff at kids late to see what would stick. And, you know, you had so many duds in his classes <laughs> Uh, when Clark's doing it, I mean, you know, one that he did a couple, you know, last week was was flipping a four-star quarterback. I mean, that's a that's a pronounced difference in those two staffs. Just that alone. To be sure, I, I, I'm right there with you, and I think that is one of the biggest differences. I mean, like Jeremy said a minute ago, you got to have the groceries. You've got to have the groceries. Okay, I'll do one more, and then I'll let you go. Yep. VU Matt 23 says, excuse me, no, this is VU Wars. With all the Notre Dame drama and potential chaos upcoming, are you in favor of the idea of Clark trying to get some of the Notre Dame players to come down to play for him? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, but I, I would I would I would remind you uh that Marcus Freeman is quite popular. Yes, yes he is. And you, 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 you know, so I don't think what you've got here now, and, and I know I like, like the safety's leaving and maybe some others, but I mean, that's just part of it. That might be more about playing time, but from, from everything we see, uh, I mean, think about it like this. 
that's been a prestigious job for a long time. And Brian Kelly's done a great job with it. And they didn't hesitate to promote a coordinator from within just like that, who was what in his first year as, as the yeah. DC. And so to give the keys to that kind of car, uh, to a first time head coach DC uh, and the players snapped and look, here's what you don't do. You don't hire a guy because the players like him. That's a recipe for disaster. It can't be the only reason you do it. You take the input from them. You see what they feel. And then it, you gauge it and it matters, but he also has to believe that in the broad scope of things, he's good enough to do the whole thing and not just because he's popular with the players, but just to see that reaction you know, on a program that was a stabilizing, and nobody thought Brian Kelly was going anywhere. Did you think he was going to be in Baton Rouge? No, you didn't. No. And so for something like that to happen and them to not even blink, you know, when that name gets you in most, uh, you know, living rooms in all of America, so that's a, job, a very coveted job, and they snap called that, his name out, and it was received like that. You got to believe there's a reason for it. I think my answer to that question would be I would especially be looking to take transfers from Notre Dame if you think they can play because Clark was in a position to know them, to know their character, to know their work ethics, to know how good they are. So I think that the risk in transfers is you you may not know what you're getting, right? You you think you know in recruiting what a kid's character is and stuff but and, and their work habits, but you don't really know for sure until you get them. To me, Notre Dame transfers are the perfect ones because that takes all the risk and the mystery out of it. If you think a kid can play, then by all means offer him because you know the background on him as well as anybody. Yeah, and, and as you said, it's completely risk-free. Well, okay. Well, nothing's risk-free, but, but as close as it's going to get. Well, in, in, this yeah. case, what's the, what's, in this case, what's the risk? I mean, you're you're talking about filling in holes here. You know, it's, you know, I guess the only risk could be you 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 didn't take somebody else who ends up panning out because you you gave him a scholarship. You know, hoping to find, you know, hoping to take a chance there. And 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 if that's the risk, I'll take my chances. Yeah. Okay, my man, I'll let you go. Any parting thoughts? Huh. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I better not say that. <laughs> hey, hey, good news. My filter's still in. Good grief, man. Uh, <laughs> wow, no, who knew? No, man, just, yeah, right? Uh, no, just, uh, man, I, you know, I, I love the energy on the board lately. You know, I love, I love the tone of it, you know, and so keep it up, guys. It's a, uh, if you are out there and listen to this podcast and you are not a regular member on bandysports.com, I don't know what you're doing with your life as a Vanderbilt fan because that's where you belong, and there's a lot of great discussions and important topics. And, you know, Sean's been killing it content-wise too. And your new basketball cat, Sam, I, I really dig. You know, I read some of his stuff like you told me to yesterday, and he's, he's, he's a great addition for sure. Yeah, we, we need – Sean's been a long-termer. We need to make Sam a long-termer around here too. I hope we can do that. Um, All right with me. Yeah, he's actually still in school if you can believe that. Oh yeah, I, I, yeah. Hey man, you know, you when you when when you're the goods, you're the goods, and and he is. I don't care if he is still in school, man. Just means he's in touch with what he's writing about. Yeah, he's he's talented. Uh, we're going to everybody out there's going to like him. Um, yeah, I've got. Hopefully, I don't throw this away. 
I'll try to save this. I've I've got a bunch of questions we didn't get to. I sort of chose a theme because this was more about recruiting, which is the hot topic, and some roster stuff. The questions I didn't get to were about position coaches and coordinators and philosophy changes. So maybe that's a theme we can circle back to next week, although I haven't said that. We'll probably be doing this right after National Signing Day. So I think recruiting is still going to be a hot topic. So maybe this is part two or, or part or part one of two or three parts of the state of the program. But I did want to acknowledge folks have questions. They've been waiting a while to get answered. But, um, boy, the last last few months for you have just been brutal. So we're appreciative of the you time you, you've been able to give us. Well, tell people what you've, in a nutshell, what your life's been like the last four months. Well, I mean, and I'm sure no one cares, but uh, just uh, there's been some changes in, uh, with, with our radio station. All good, by the way. Uh, the, it's things that I've been wanting to happen for quite a long time, and they've all come full circle right now. But I'm also doing two, three-hour shows a day. Uh, I also handle all the production at our radio station for commercial production. I'm the sports director, and I have 13 clients different different clients so uh you know and that's not y'all's deal that's just mine but it keeps me on the go all the time so i'm not nearly as available as i would have been to do these podcasts you know in a in a in the time that you're used to so sometimes i can't do it that week uh sometimes it might be wednesday sometimes thursday could even be friday sometimes uh certainly not ducking doing this love doing it been doing it a long time uh but you know the job that pays the bills sometimes these days, the, the workload is much more extensive. So, you know, I, I, I'm not avoiding y'all's questions. I, I, I love them. But, you know, like, like since I've been going since 730 this morning on either on the air in some capacity or with clients. So I told Chris I got about half an hour and I'm in a Kroger parking lot in my car right now. So uh, we're going to put a bow on this and I'm gonna go feed my dogs and call it a night. Well, hopefully we'll get back to a day where it can be once a week again. Hey, we, you and me both. You exactly. and me both, brother. We've missed you around here. All right, my man. Be good. good get some too. rest. And we hope to catch you next week. Keep it real, homies. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We thank our presenting sponsor, Jody Jones DDS. We thank our other sponsors, Sutherland and Belk and MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, and that's how we make this work, please email me at chrislee70 at gmail.com. We also ask that you subscribe to our website, vandysports.com. That is $99 a year. You get things there that you don't get here. And of course, please rate, review, and subscribe where you see our podcast. That helps us get noticed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at vandysports.com. Follow me at chrislee70. And finally, subscribe to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel as well. Thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast, which is part of the 440 Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. We'll catch you with another episode coming very soon.